You know, we're going to look at God's word today on um, something that I think we all struggle with at one time or another, and that is when we're set out to see what's on the screen. You want me to do what? You know, we all have those times in our life that we say to ourselves, and the Lord's saying to us, you want me to do what? doesn't make sense. And maybe you're going through that right now, something that, that your, your journey is on right now. It makes no sense. But I want you to know if we can trust the Lord today, he has a way of working through this. And uh, we're going to see what his word says today about that. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful today. Thank you for how Ben led us in worship. We thank you for the praise report with John, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that, Father, that, Lord, no matter what anyone's going through today, Lord, let them know that your grace is sufficient and overflowing just for today. May we not see tomorrow, next week, just know it's just for today, and you'll get us through, and we will have joy unspeakable joy that you tell us about because we have hope, hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever, you ever have those times where it just doesn't make sense and, or you hear something and it, and it doesn't make sense? Like, well, uh, you know, I was, in the, <clears throat> I was in the dollar store the other day and uh, go to the dollar store a lot, maybe some of you do, get good deals in there. And so I went up to the counter and I said, uh, hey, is, uh, is there anything left in here that's, that only costs a dollar? <laughs> I don't know if you've been in here, lady, but there's not really anything that's a dollar anymore. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we have, we have one aisle that everything's just a dollar still. <laughs> and I think, oh, wait a minute, the sign says on the front, it's the dollar store. And there's only one aisle now that uh, everything's a dollar. And I got to thinking about, you know, isn't it funny how something happens in our life, it'll come upon us, and it makes absolutely no sense at all spiritually. We cannot figure it out. And like, how, what it, how do I work through this? I want to look at just a small story of the Bible, not too many times that I don't hear too many messages on this, and then we're going we're gonna to bring it in to where uh, we can relate with what God wants us to do. Matthew chapter 14, the background is uh, Jesus was always being tested, being tested really more by the religious leaders than by anyone else, and because he was looked at as a great teacher and a prophet that they were testing him and say, well, because of who you are, are you going to pay the temple tax? In other words, a tax that would go uh, to the temple. Everyone had to pay a certain tax uh, to the temple, kind of like if you want to say dues. Anyway, so there's this conversation going back and forth. And uh, so... Jesus decides it's best to do this just so they will understand that he is still abiding by the laws of the land. He didn't have to do it, but he did it just for the sake of it's something that they couldn't look at him and say, see, we told you so. The story picks up 
where, well, how, he's with the disciples, and the disciples are like, well, Lord, you know, how, how are we going to do this? And uh, knowing how the Lord went from house to house, city to city, he says, well, here's what I want you to do. And this is what he told one of his disciples. This is what I want you to do. This is how we're going to pay the tax. And in Matthew chapter 14 or verse 27, Jesus is speaking. He said, nevertheless, lest we offend them, just talked about that, go to the sea, <clears throat> he's telling his disciples, cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and for you. How would you react <laughs> if you were in that situation? Yeah, we got this covered. Uh, yeah, and you put yourself in that situation. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go over uh, out to the lake out here, Portage Lakes, and I want you to uh, cast it out there. And uh, when you do, it'll be just the fish will be coming through just at the right time. And uh, when, you, when you get the fish out of the water, uh, open its mouth up and there's a coin in there. It's all the, all the money that you need. It isn't amazing how the Lord, you know, he could have just, you know, went like this behind his back and had the money, you know. Why did he do that? What, what is he doing in this passage? I, more than anything else, he's, he's teaching those that love him about him. Not his acts, but who he is. And this is what I want you to get today on things that don't make sense in your life. And the Lord's saying, I want you to do this. I, I, I want you to, to just step out and do this. And we're like, Lord, this, makes, this doesn't make sense. But the Lord is, wants to do something in your life, and that is he wants you to be greater in faith in whatever it is that you're dealing with. It has nothing to do with the fish. It's amazing, and I think it's Psalm 8, 8, 8 or 8, 5 that says, even the Lord has command of the fish in the sea. Now, in our life, in what you're going through, when you read that story and you put yourself in that situation, whatever you're going through right now, and you're saying, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Why? I, I don't get this. And the Lord's saying, here's what I want you. You want me to do, and you fill in a blank for that situation. It could be in a relationship. It could be, you know, someone that, that, that uh, you have to be around all the time, whether it's a, uh, a family member or a sister-in-law or a father. I, I don't know who it might be. But the Lord says, yeah, I want you, yeah, Lord, they've treated me this way all these years, and you still want me to be nice to them. Whatever it might be. And the Lord's saying, yes. And the reason being is because I'm teaching you about me, meaning about Jesus, about something for your life. It has nothing to do with the fish or the coin. It is would his disciple not question him and be willing, be willing to do it. If you are willing to do that, the Lord says he's going to bless you. Hebrews tells us without faith, it's impossible to believe in God. And if we believe who he is, he is a rewarder. God is going to reward you, not for doing whatever it is you want to do. He's going to reward for you because you don't see it change. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the end of the story, but you know that God is going to bless your faith.
You know, we're living in a time to where we've got to be really wise the way that we witness to people. And I, and I believe that, that this scripture or whatever you want to look at it in the Bible that God is telling us that, um, well, let me just say this. I was watching a couple different messages on YouTube this week, and there was a pastor on there in Toronto, Canada, who was arrested, uh, I think, last week for preaching. And if you go and you, you look at that on YouTube, he's actually not yelling, screaming. He's tre- preaching that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for your sins. It, it, great, just really kept his cool and everything. And because they felt like he was being a problem, he was arrested. That doesn't make sense, does it? You mean, you mean preaching to God? See, we're living in a time where You'll hear something on the news and you'll say, that doesn't make sense. And what you and I have to do is to be so wise, always be ready to give an answer. See, what we, we've got to look at today is that, and I, as I watched this, I thought, well, here's Canada. We're right down here. How are we going to go about this, Lord? Lord, this doesn't make sense that... This person is in love, proclaimed who you are, and he was arrested. What are we living in? What we're living in is a time that has no hope, but we have hope. And so that being said, even though all these things that don't make sense, look at Philippians chapter 3, because the Lord tells us what's going to happen. There's a great passage in, the, in Psalm, it says, <clears throat> talks about Moses and, and the children of Israel. The children of Israel knew the acts of God. Moses knew the ways of God. That's what he wants you and I to do. That's where all the questions get taken out of the way in your life and my life. When we know who he is, we know his love, we know his purpose, we know what he has for us. He doesn't tease us. He doesn't hurt us. He doesn't forsake us. He's there for a purpose. And when we learn who he is, it's different than always saying, Lord, I need this. I want this. Will you do this? What is he teaching us today with what you're going through in Philippians chapter 3, verses, verse 10? That I may know him. There it is again. We know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death, that I may know him. Your confusion today and my confusion today comes in when we forget who Jesus is in our relationship. It is a personal relationship. It is a relationship to where he is there to help you, guide you, love you, direct you. Yes, do we want to ask him for things and will he give us those things? Absolutely. But along the way, when something doesn't make sense at all, here's what I want you to know. Continue the journey. The disciple had to go from where he was with Jesus and all the way along to the beach was he thinking about how is this going to work out? Or was he saying, you know what? I've seen Jesus do all these other things. I've heard his teaching. 
I've seen lives changed, miracles performed. This is nothing for him. See, what you and I have in our life is a reservoir. It started when we accepted Jesus as our Savior. And we have those times in our life that we can look back on and say, the Lord has done this and he's done this and he's done that and he's done that. I know him. I know his ways. And all he's doing is conforming me and drawing me closer to him. And when I start to go through some different sufferings that he has gone through, my relationship becomes closer and I see life in a different way and I even have a greater hope, a greater hope. Look at one more verse today. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 through 8. 1 Peter chapter 1. See, what I want you to understand today, it's not, a, not so much about, Lord, you want me to do this and, and I'm going through this and I can't figure this out. I want you to look at the fact of not about the circumstance. I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know the person that is asking you to do this will never ask you to do something that he hasn't already equipped you to do. That's what he does. That's who he is. It's a trust factor. The Bible says Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. The Bible tells us God's word. Jesus says that I'm going to give you what you need in your life that your joy may be full. Where is your joy today? Where is my joy today? Is the circumstance brought you down for something that's happened in your life that doesn't make sense? Or do you see Jesus in the midst of that circumstance and when you see him, the confusion is taken out of the way? You've got to see him. When you see who he is, you understand something. And what we know, the scripture tells us, which is so important, without the resurrection, our life, our preaching, our faith is in vain. What you're experiencing today and whatever it is that you might be going through, I want you to know that of that person, his name is Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. It is the power of the resurrection that you live by, that you've been forgiven, you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, and now you have this power to go through whatever it is that you're going to go through. I can't see tomorrow. You can't. But I know this, as we read his word and I'm going to read this verse that he gives you and I a living hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to him, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to, here it is, a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled and doesn't fade away and the scripture continues to go on and says which is reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time 
In this you greatly rejoice that now, now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. This is you and I today. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes through it is tested by fire, may it be found to praise, honor, glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. We have a living hope. I was reading an article this week, and uh, whether you want to read about Miami or Chicago, New York, or this certain article just happened to be about uh, Los Angeles, and it was on uh, the homeless situation. They were shocked uh, on within all the money that they've thrown at the homeless difficulty and the problems there, that in the last two years, it's almost doubled. Can you imagine? Like hundreds and hundreds more, hundreds and hundreds more than two years before, and all the diseases and everything that you're seeing. That some of the police—it's even outside the LA Police Department, where their main police department is downtown. And some of the police officers are getting sick by just going in and out. They're catching by all the infestation of, of, of rats and, and, and mice and, and fleas and everything that are actually just there to having to walk through this every day. They're actually getting typhoid and getting all these diseases. Now, what's the problem? The leaders in the community are shocked. They threw more money at it the last two years than I've ever thrown at it. What's the problem? The problem is spiritual. Now, let me remove for one other situation. It can also be mental. We know there are many, many situations where somebody is mentally is not there, and and that's a whole other message, and we hurt for those people. But mainly the problem is spiritual. You know why? All those people that you see on the news or you live by or you walk by, if you go to a major city, they have no hope. They've given up. See, when I do all this research through the week, I say, say, Lord, where where are we headed with this? It's not getting any better. You and I have the answer. We have a living hope. A living hope. You know, part of the Lord's Prayer, where I say the Lord's Prayer, really it's a prayer for us. It's the Lord's Prayer, but it's our prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, we forget the kingdom life that we have. Do you know that there are probably right now, if we have, you know, I don't know, 400 or whatever count of kids, so 400 people or whatever we have here. You know that there's, you don't see it, there's probably about 800 angels here today. At least. You know, Bible tells us in Psalm 91, every one of us have at least two angels watching over us. Wherever you go, whatever you do, Jesus has given his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways. Your kids at school, your grandkids. See, we have a living hope. We know no matter what doesn't make 
sense that the Lord is still working. And no matter how it looks, you know, he says he takes the king's heart and he moves them like the rivers in, in, in the earth of what we see. You know how hard that would be to move the rivers in the earth? But the Lord says he moves the king's heart just like that. In other words, he just doesn't go. He, he goes all around the bounds, this and that. So, in other words, here's what the Lord's saying. You're looking at the situation in your life right now. It doesn't make sense. How is it going to work out? But you have a living hope. Go to the sea. Trust me. Throw it out there, the net or whatever it might be. And the coin will be in the mouth. I know it makes no sense to you, but I want you to do it. It's there. What the Lord wants you to know today, where you've got it figured out, whatever it might be, you're trying to. And I don't want to say the Lord's laughing, but he's looking up saying, do you know who I am? You're looking at it one way. Two ways, maybe three, that you've got it figured out. Do you know whoever you're dealing with or whatever's happening? I can move the king's heart. I can so move in that person's life and so change their mind and their heart. You don't have to do a thing. You have a living hope. What I'm telling you is that the, all the Lord and what he does for us as we have read that, he has given us this inheritance that's not only in heaven, but also that we inherit in, in this earth. Unspeakable joy. The joy comes from knowing that you have hope. Let me say that again. The joy in your life comes from knowing that you have hope. A living hope. God is always working. He's always going to come through in your life. The only reason that he doesn't come through in your life and my life, when we take that situation and it doesn't make sense and we just say, I, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do what? Well, I'm just going to give up. What the Lord is saying, even though you don't figure out, just do what is before you. Whatever is before you, whatever it is for this day and tomorrow and the next day, do what's before you. And the Lord has got a plan. And guess what? He's never failed to this day. He's not going to fail you. The devil will hit you hard. And he'll hit you walking out that door today. Well, yeah, you know, Dallas wrote that message, but yeah, he doesn't know what you're going through. That's easy for him, but, you know, he doesn't do this and this and that. And this, this, this. The Lord is working, and he's given you a living hope. Let me read this again, and we're going to close with this story. First Peter chapter 3, I'm going to read, or First Peter chapter 1. Let me read, I just want to read one. I want to read verse 3, and then I want to read verse 7 again. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Remember now, you live by the resurrection. By, by your sins have been forgiven across the Calvary. 
And you live by the power of the resurrection. That's how we live. We live by the power that God broke through this earth and hell and all the angels of the demons of the devil could try and do. Nothing could keep Jesus in the ground. He rose from the grave. That same power has been given to you to overcome anything that you're facing in your life. Verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes through it is tested by fire may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You and I know when we go through tests and, and things in this life and it, it does nothing when you get through it except you know what it does, this one thing. It strengthens your faith. It makes you believe in a greater way that what you've been through as a husband or as a wife or as a family or, or the, a, a dark time or whatever it is, you know that Jesus has so pulled you close to him, no matter what makes sense in the future or doesn't make sense, he's got it handled. We've got to remember that today because we live in a society that it just doesn't look good. All the things that are happening in the United States and the Middle East and the, and the shootings and the killings and the, I could go on and on and on and I wrestle with every week. Do I say this or not? Is it too much of a shock factor or is it? What do, what do I say here? Because there's so much that's going on. Pull back. We have a living hope in Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing how the Lord will always work and you never know how he's going to do something you never know how he's going to come through but I'm going to give you a story today we'll close with and it's just a story that happened in this life some 30 I believe 30 years later after a situation that happened to an individual that the Lord blessed him with life because he gave life let me say that again a doctor gave life when Hall, who gave up, he gave life. We know God is a giver of life, but he, as a doctor, gave life some 30 years ago to a little baby that was 10 weeks premature born. Now, you know, if it's 10 weeks, it's probably not going to make it before, you know, it's two and a half months before the mom's going to have that baby. But let me just share with you the story. Hope that we have today, your hope that you give to people in this world. We never know the impact that we will have on the lives of others, nor now, nor in the future. A simple act of care of a professionalism can echo years ago by uniting people's destinies forever. In Orange County, California, an act of heroism, some 33 years ago continues to bear fruit today and it all started with a doctor and a premature baby. In 1986, a pediatrician, Dr. Michael Shannon, was working at the Mission Hospital when he was presented with a tiny newborn named Chris Trokin. The little baby only weighed 3.2 pounds. 
The baby was born some shockingly 10 weeks early. The doctor who delivered him believed that he only had a 50-50 chance to survive. Working as hard as he could, sleeping by the baby's side at the hospital. Shannon, in other words, the doctor, managed to get Trochi, the little baby, through those first difficult weeks. Against all odds, that little boy survived and thrived. He slept with that little boy, stayed beside him in the hospital many times for day and night. We flash forward some 30 years later. It's the spring of 2011. Dr. Shannon, the doctor, now some 30 years later, was driving down the Pacific Coast Highway, PH1 and Dana Point. And all of a sudden, a semi-truck came into his field of vision He said, all I remember is the sound of breaking glass and everything stopped. He was probably going to die. The accident was so bad. When the Orange County Fire Department arrived on the scene, they knew the driver's life was on the line. He was trapped inside a burning car. Dr. Shannon remained calm and got the firefighters to pass an extinguisher and then a hose to help extinguish the fire near the engine that threatened to blow the car up. When the fireman, when the fireman, Chris Toki, found out the name of the driver trapped in the vehicle, he couldn't believe it. I was like, that's Dr. Shannon, he told KTLA. After the team managed to get Shannon out of the crumpled vehicle using the jaws of life and a hydraulic tool, They rescued him, pried open the metal crushed against him. The firefighter accompanying the doctor who had saved his life to the hospital. Think about that. Some 30, a little baby, not going to make it. The doctor stays with him day and night. And some 30 years later, that paramedic, Firefighter saved his doctor's life. See, what I'm trying to tell you today is, you know what? You look at your life. We look at it right now. A living hope, something maybe doesn't make sense right now that you're going through, that God will take it and will take what you've been through. And you might not see it working. And you might not see anything happening. And it might be years that go by. 30 years in this case. Because someone decided to do what was right, what was good, and to do everything possible to save a life. His life was then saved. Some 30 years later. What I'm here to tell you today, don't look at the time factor in your life. Look at it that the Lord has given you a living hope. And no matter what doesn't make sense in your life, get up today, get up tomorrow, and just keep going. And knowing if the Lord says, today I want you to go down to the sea and take that coin out of the fish's mouth and go pay the tax, you say, Lord, this makes absolutely no sense. I'm here to tell you just to do it. Because... Jesus is control of everything. 
And so I ask you today as we close, when it doesn't make sense, he pulls you and I closer to him to have that relationship in a greater way. He wants to know you in such a way that you trust him in those situations that your joy, as we just read today, is unspeakable. In other words, it's so deep within you that you always have hope. And if you always have hope today, you will have the result of joy because you anticipate that at any day that Jesus is going to answer your prayer. He's coming through. We have a living hope in this dark, dark world. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. Maybe it's something that we know in our life that we call it confusing. Can't quite figure it out. We have those situations. See, we, right now the Lord brought you here today just for this message to see him, not the situation. Let me say that again. Jesus wants you to see him, not the situation. Because you will always have hope because your hope is living. We serve a risen Savior. No matter how much the devil beats you down, no matter how much he says you're not going to accomplish this or you can't do that or it'll never happen, you're too old, you're too young, whatever it might be. Lord says, will you just trust me and go throw the line in the water and open the fish his mouth up you'll find the coin in there Lord that's I don't, I, why do I got to do that I don't believe trust him today and what I mean by that is just get up tomorrow and the next day and the next just, just do it watch what he's going to do as he draws you closer to him your faith becomes stronger the blessings flow you never know whose life that you might save or Jesus will save because you will always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Father, we thank you today that we serve you a risen Savior. Lord, we don't, we just can't figure everything out. But Father, if there's someone here today that they'll put it all down and just say, Jesus, I see you. I'm going to step out today. I'm going to trust you by faith. I'm not going to look at my circumstances or people or whatever it might be. I'm going to ask you into my heart today, Jesus, to forgive me for all of my sins. Lord, if there's someone here today, may they accept you right now. May they come as Ben leads us today, and I, I can show them in your word, and they can pray and say, Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you shed your perfect blood on the cross of Calvary for me. And I ask you to come into my heart. Father, we ask you that today. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.